0: Well good morning church. It's so good to be house of the Lord. Why don't we just rise and begin to worship? Come on, if God something if God has done something good in your life, give him a shout of praise. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You free every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great things. We dance your freedom, awaken to life. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted my. Oh, God, you have done great things. Yes, you have. You've been faithful through every storm. You'll be faithful forevermore. You have done great things. And I know you will do it again. For oh, your promise is yes and amen. You have done great things. God, you. of heaven. You conquer the grave. You free and cap and break every chain. Oh God, you have done great We dance your freedom, awaken to life. Oh Jesus, I say, your name lifted high. Oh God, you have done great Let's sing, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, God, above it all, Hallelujah, God, unshakable, Hallelujah, you have done great things, Hallelujah. great day. Oh, hero of heaven, you conquer the grave. You freed every captive and break every chain. Oh, God, you have done great. With city of freedom, awake to life. Oh, Jesus, our Savior, your name lifted high. Oh, God, you have done great. Have done great things. Oh, God, you do great things. He's done great things. Come on, Give him a shout out, praise.
1: Because we can sing that and we can say, Lord, before me, behind me, always beside me. We can walk around, sure, with no fear. Amen? When we come into this church, thank you, Lord, that you give us that firm foundation, Lord, of no fear. And Lord, not just outside of the four walls of this church, Lord, but within the church in me, my temple, I give you thanks. Thank you, Lord. Let's declare this together, church. It says, great are you, Lord. Come on, one more. You give life, you are loved, you give life to Hearts, you give hope. You restore every heart that is broken.
2: Great
1: are You, Lord. Come on, let's sing it again. You give life. get with was- me. to you Jesus we're so good come on say great
2: so much, Father, for not leaving us wherever we're at, God. You're with us in the valleys, you're with us on the mountains, and you're everywhere in between, God. Even if we cannot see it yet, you already have victory over our battles, Father. And we praise you for that. God, I pray that we hold on to this, Lord, as we move into your word. Father, as we hear and we get to see the testimonies of you working in the lives of others. Father, I pray that we remain in you just as you remain in us, Father. Help us to be faithful servants, God, and help us to look at you no matter where we're coming from, Father, and to trust in you. We love you, Lord. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. May church celebrate the Lord this morning with us. Amen. And as you're celebrating that time, why don't you celebrate just being together as you welcome each other with uh, just this time of a greeting. Amen, church. Woo! What a wonderful time of worship. Great are you, Lord. The Lord is good. God is good. All Amen. All the time and all the time, God is good. God is good. God is good. Yeah. Amen, church. My name is Pastor Michael Romero. I am your worship and arts pastor here in New Beginnings. And
2: hi, I my name is Lena Mazuranic. This is Lena. <laughs> yes, Amen. I am Lena. I am one of the youth leaders over across the hall. So if you see me. I'll be here on Wednesdays and and
1: sundays man what a beautiful time to be here church we want to welcome those in the house and we want to welcome those on our online campus as well welcome Welcome to you uh for thank thank you for being a part of what the lord is doing here at new beginnings Mm uh man church i don't know if you can hear it but sinuses going on anyone else anyone else yeah Yeah. so lena sinuses are going crazy Mm. wearing pink people are wearing beautiful colors the weather is getting gorgeous Hmm. means one thing.
2: It does mean one thing.
1: What is it? Easter's coming? Me Easter is coming. Easter's coming. Easter's coming. Easter's coming. That's right. Church, we're so excited about what the Lord is doing here at New Beginnings. I know you are too, and you guys show it for sure. And of course, our Easter worship experience is going to be April the 17th, along with the rest of the world, mm-hmm. right? But here at New Beginnings, we're celebrating experiencing freedom in Jesus this year. Mm-hmm. So if you've been following us on social media, online platform, uh, or uh, or a mobile app, you've been reading and following along with our 44-day devotional series, mm-hmm. Experiencing Freedom Through Jesus, yes. With Jesus. Amen? Because yes. that's the only way we can experience freedom, is with, through yes. Jesus, right? He gave us that freedom. And so this this Easter, Pastor is going to be just walking us through that, and helping us, and saying, hey, this is how we're going to experience freedom, mm-hmm. through Jesus. So that's this year Uh, April the 17th, we want to invite you to invite, and we want to actually call you to do that.
2: Yeah, and we want you—I don't know about you guys, but every Easter I usually have a nice dinner with my family. But I don't want to just have dinner with them. I want to bring them here. I want to be able to feed them with the Word as well. And so it's important that when we celebrate Easter together, we know why we're celebrating it. Because it's for— the resurrection of our lord and savior that is why we celebrate easter so we want to be able to share that with our friends with our family even with those we we haven't met yet we want to be able to share that love of christ with them and that is why it is so important and we encourage you invite everybody everybody
1: everyone i mean we all have cookouts for easter and usually it's after church or at least usually it's at the time that's supposed to be after church but we want you, to, those people that you cook out with and you're gonna, and you're gonna hang out with that day, give them the reason to celebrate. Yeah. It's not just to go to the cookout, to go to the cookout, but hey, we're actually gonna be celebrating the cookout, mm-hmm. not just being at the cookout. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be celebrating that time of actually cooking out, right? And that's the Absolutely. celebration time. So we yeah. want you to make sure to invite you and invite your friends, your family, Easter celebration here at New Beginnings, mm-hmm. Saturday or Sunday, rather, April 17th, 9 and 11. And we want to invite everyone in the community, everyone yes. within the sound yes. of our voices, invite your loved ones because it's a time of life change. We're going to have, of course, um, testimonies, yes. testimonies, testimonies of some awesome, awesome uh, leaders here within our church, a time of, of course, worship and yeah. the word, special guests. And so we want to make sure that you guys are a part of that. Yes. So please make sure to join us on Easter
0: mm-hmm.
1: Sunday, yeah. the 17th. <laughs> and with that, another time of celebration today of one of our great ministry partners under his construction. Today we get to celebrate an awesome time. some more oh. graduation time yes. with, under Amazing his construction. Graduation. Amen. <laughs> Pastor Richard, why don't you make your way up here, my brother? So we can uh, celebrate together that time as well. Amen. We hope all of you with allergies to get through this
3: season uh, quickly. Right before I, I, I do that, I, I just want to pray. that I, I was greeting families out there, and there was just a lot of brokenness, uh, families that lost loved ones with traffic accidents and just other things. So, God, in the name of Jesus, would you please comfort those people that have lost their loved ones? It's been a hard week. They're trying to process this death. Some were planning marriage, and now they're planning a funeral. Some are going to have to bury a son or a daughter. I pray peace and grace over them in Christ's name, amen. You know, uh, probably 10 plus years ago, um, God helped our congregation. Helped, we helped birth a ministry for men. And later on, they opened it up to women trying to kick addiction. Trying to kick addiction of drugs or alcohol. God has used this ministry over the years to transform individuals, families and now communities. It's amazing what God's doing in rebuilding what the devil tore down. God's in the construction business. You and I are still under construction and this ministry is called Under His Construction and we are so pleased be able to be a partner with them and to sponsor them and to support them. I want you to welcome the executive directors. Would you welcome reverends Chris and Sonia Cleveland?
4: Thank you. Thank you very much. Good morning, congregation. Thank you guys so much for your prayers and support. Um, we couldn't do it without you. Uh, on Friday night, we uh, celebrated the life and of uh, Melvin Franks, and from these eyes, from this pastor, what I saw there was something amazing. Is that it wasn't just the graduates from the past, those that have been under his construction, and maybe they didn't graduate. But there was 100 people here uh, to celebrate Melvin's life. And I celebrate today because of the impact of what God has done in my life has impacted a lot of families and a lot of men. So it's with great honor to uh, have a graduation today. Um, I'd like to uh, ask Mark Mark, would you come up? And uh, we're going to pass out some graduation certificates. And I'd like to ask the graduates: uh, Vincent Herrera, Alan Castaneda, Alex Romero, Michael Tracy, Israel Yuvali, Brandon Melton. And we have one other, David Ambrust, who has had something he had to go take care of, so we'll was here with us this morning. Mark, if you would join us on stage. And Jaime, if you would join us on stage uh, for just a minute. Jaime is a graduate of Under His Construction, as well as these men. I want to give you just a... Just a glimpse of what these guys go through in the year commitment. We wake up at five. I say we because Sonia and I still do this daily. We get up and we read the word of God daily. We we have we have the the daily bread and we read that every year. And we go cover to cover. These men have read the Bible cover to cover. What some people have failed to do in a lifetime, these men have accomplished. And so it's with great honor that in Joshua one six through eight says, "Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land I swore to the fathers, and to give them. Be only be a strong and very courageous, that you may observe and do accordingly to all that the law which Moses." My servants commanded you, do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, that you may observe to do accordingly to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. You've been trained. The Israelites came to. Right up to the edge. Of the promised land. The land of milk and honey. And they looked over it. And there was giants there. You guys have conquered. Giants. In your life. Those giants have no more power. Through the power of Jesus Christ. You've overcome. And as we sang this morning. Stand before the giant. The giant. Claiming victory. Amen. A man commits his life to the military. And he goes to boot camp. And he gets trained. Not to go out to war. And forget the tools that he had. You've been trained. Go out and battle. The victory. Or battle the, the what you've overcome. And bring many more. To the knowledge of Jesus Christ. So that you too and build the kingdom of God. And so, it says in Joshua 23, 6-8, So be very careful to follow everything Moses wrote in the book of instruction. Do not deviate from it, turning to the right or to the left. Make sure you do not associate with people remaining in the land. Those that are fearful of the big, beautiful fruit and the giants and all of that, you have to, as Jaime says, Fire your friends, the past friends. Not these ones. These will continue to pour into your life. Church, as you celebrate with us, hold them accountable. That's what we're supposed to do as a congregation. And we thank you again for your support, for your love, for under his construction and frontline resurrection. This is is an amazing ministry that... God has brought us to, and we like I said, we cannot do it without you. So thank you, church. Uh, Pastor must have stepped over there. He is. Pastor, if you would join us. I may join with us. Celebration, Mark, Sonia. Thank you, Pastor. Gentlemen, could I have you guys step all
3: the way up to the front of this step? And our cameraman is gonna scan nice and slow because your families are watching at home. I want them to see your beautiful smile. I want them to see you with your graduation (laughs) certificate. God has done a work. He's restored families. He's restored lives. He's given them a new beginning. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father God, for the restoring power of your spirit. Father God, for giving a new beginning. Father, some of these men have gone through horrible, horrible lives. Lord, some of them don't even know their dad, but they came to know their heavenly father. Some of them have been abused, have been used, and just treated horribly. Some, Father God, were in the pinnacle of life. Someone introduced them to, to drugs or alcohol, and it took them into a downward spiral, and they splattered all over the road. But father God, you are under His construction ministry, lifting men back up to their feet, raising them up, Lord God, as men. And there's other women in this program now. And you're raising these people up, Father God, to live it out to your glory. Father, we pray that, Lord God, you set the path before them, that, Lord God, they will find themselves in great places of honor and distinction, and that they will be reunited with family and perhaps their wife or their children or father god you might bring a, a new woman in their life lord that's going to just create this amazing godly family we pray blessing success and endurance in the mighty name of jesus christ our lord and god's church says Amen. praise god god bless you man What a tremendous day, amen. You know what? Back in 2016, uh under his construction, they come to church every Wednesday, every Sunday, and they came in, and there was a young man that had moved here from California. This young man grew up in a Christian home with godly parents, their pastors, and just doing amazing. He was in the university there in California getting ready to graduate and someone introduced him to drugs and instead he graduated as a bonafide drug addict and it destroyed his life. He lost everything. He lost his life. He didn't die, but he had lost everything he had. Lost his relationship with his parents even though they prayed, 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 prayed. Lost his relationship with his wife and ended up here at under Construction, here at New Beginning, where literally God got a hold of him and said, okay, you ready? Because now guess what I have for you? I got a new journey. God reconstructed his life, reconstructed his marriage, reconstructed his life, and he went on to finish his degree, went on to get his master's, an MBA, a master's in business administration. And then he said, Pastor, I can't wait. I'm going to sign on with a large corporation. And he ended up signing on with the largest corporation in the world. He works for the church. Amen. He became the senior pastor in Benton Heights, Michigan. And he is the senior pastor of Benton Heights, First Church of God. Would you welcome a member of our congregation, a graduate of under his construction, Jaime Cervantes. <laughs> all of you getting baptized, I'm sorry you don't get to hear him. Make sure you get the app or go online to watch later, but you need to follow me out that door right now if you're getting baptized. Give it up for all these guys getting baptized. These men and women, I'm going to be going right out that door. This is an exciting day. It's an exciting, exciting day. Look at all these new lives transformed. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord.
5: Good morning, church. So, I want, I want to try something uh, new, and I want it to, everybody here and everybody watching online, I want you to do this. I'm going to say, Welcome to New Beginnings, and you're all going to say, The best place to be on a Sunday morning. Can you do that? Let's try it. Welcome to New Beginnings. Best place to be on Sunday morning. Praise God. It, it really is good to be in the house of the Lord with all of you uh, today. It, it's such a blessing for my wife Isela and I to be back in New Mexico and, and to be here in this place, in this church, where, where the Lord gave me, gave us a new beginning. Um, so praise God for that. And also, listen, I want to just take a minute to recognize and to congratulate the guys that just uh, graduated from under his construction. Look, I, I, I was there. I, I, I actually have that same uh, plaque. When you walk into my office at, at the church, the very first thing you will see is my plaque that I got. I, I treasure that thing. Let it remind you every day of the commitment that you made to Jesus Christ. I want, I want to assure you guys that God has a plan for your life. And, and hear me when I say this. You never, ever have to live that way again. Ever. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. Your new life has begun. It's only the beginning. What happened here today is just the beginning. This is your new beginning. So keep your eyes on the cross. I also uh, want to thank Pastor Richard for giving me the opportunity for, for sharing the pulpit with me. I am honored to bring God's word to God's people. So let's pray. God, thank you, Lord, for, for giving us the opportunity to gather, Lord, and to worship you. And you have heard from us, God, through our praise praise. You've heard from us through the celebration, but now it's time, God, that we hear from you. And so, God, my prayer is that you would still our minds, clear our minds of the distractions, and prepare the soil of our hearts for your word, Lord. We want that seed to take root in our hearts, Lord. And my prayer is that it would produce a crop of 30, 60, and 100 for your glory. Amen. So, church, I've been led to believe that for the last few weeks, you have been in a sermon series that's called Family Stepping Stones. And so the premise of the series or the point of the sermon series has been to identify and to talk about some of the important discussions that our families need to be having. The conversations that your family should be engaging in. And Pastor has shared some principles that you can all adopt, but he has also warned you of some of the pitfalls that you need to avoid. And so it's a series where the emphasis is on the family. And so this morning I want to keep in step with that theme, okay? And so our topic today is parenting, and the name of the sermon is Parenting God's Way. Now, before I go on any further, I need to come clean with all of you. Some of you already know this about me, uh, but Isela and I, we don't have any children. That means that I am not a parent. We don't have, I don't have any kids of my own. And so I know what some of you are thinking, right? Pastor Jaime, if you don't have any kids, how would you know? Like, how are you supposed to preach this sermon today? And if that's you, if that cross, that thought crossed your mind, to that I want to say three things. The first is this. I may not be a parent yet, but I am a pastor, and that means I have lots of children. In fact, I would argue, I could argue, that the only person in this room with more kids than me is Pastor Richard. So, are you with me? Uh, and the second thing that I would say is this, listen, I have been blessed with two amazing godly parents who all my life have modeled for me what it looks like to parent God's way. I, I know that not everyone has that. Believe me, I know how blessed I am. Um, my mom and dad, they're pretty special people. So, so I have that going for me. But, but the third thing I would say is this, none of us are here this morning to hear my advice on godly parenting. We're all here this morning to hear advice from our heavenly Father, aren't we? Because He knows a thing or two about parenting. So I may not be a father, but He is a very, very good father, and He has a lot to say about this topic and all topics. Amen. So, and I also, I also uh, feel like I need to take the time uh, to tell you this: that this sermon, hear me carefully, church. This sermon is for everyone. Whether you have children of your own or not, this sermon is for you. Look, some of you here this morning are helping to raise children that are not biologically yours. That's a fact. And some of you here are aunts and uncles and older brothers and older sisters and grandparents and relatives who have had to step up and step in and fill in for an absent parent. Some of you are foster parents. Some of you are step-parents, adoptive parents, or in one form or another, you are de facto parents. And you have been blessed by God. And you have been entrusted to raise and care for someone else's child. I know, and, and more than that, I know that there are some of you here this morning who, for whatever reasons, don't have your kids in your life at this moment. And I know that you're fighting and you're trying and you're praying to get them back. I see you. I want you to know that God sees you. So keep on fighting. Keep on going because this sermon is for you. And some of you uh, moms and dads here this morning, you're pulling double duty, right? You're a single parent. And so you've had to be both mom and dad. And I can't imagine how difficult that is. So God bless you for what you're doing. The sermon is for you. And 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 some of you are teachers and youth leaders and coaches and pastors and ministers. And in one way or another, you play a vital role in the lives of kids that God has entrusted you to mentor. And listen, if none of those scenarios fit, if none of those roles that I mentioned fit you, you're still not off the hook with me. And I'm going to tell you why. Because as part of God's family, as part of this church family here in New Beginnings, we all have a role and a responsibility to support the parents around us. And and that's why when when we have child dedications, the pastor will often encourage and ask the congregation to support the parents who are dedicating that child. And you know why we do that? We do that because it literally takes a village to raise up a child. Amen? So this sermon, church, is for everyone. So let's dig into the Word of God and see what He has for us this morning. So if you have your Bible with you, turn with me to the Old Testament book of Deuteronomy. And we're going to be in chapter 6, and we're going to cover the first nine verses. And we're going to just take it a few verses at a time and see some important principles that we can adopt as we purpose to parent God's way. So let's start with verses 1 through 3. The Word of God says this. These are the commands, decrees, and regulations that the Lord your God commanded me to teach you. You must obey them. And obey them in the land you are about to enter and occupy. And you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all his decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life. Listen closely, Israel, and be careful to obey. Then all will go well with you, and you will have many children in the land flowing with milk and honey, just as the Lord, the God of your ancestors promised you. You probably, and and I meant to highlight a few phrases in there, but there is some recurring themes in this, in these three verses that I want to get back to in just one minute. But first I want to give some context to the passage that we just read because context is key. Say that with me. Context is key and it will help us to better understand this scripture. So to help us better understand the scripture, I first want to start with the book itself. The book of Deuteronomy. Let me tell you what Deuteronomy is. Deuteronomy is a collection of speeches made by Moses to the people of Israel. To God's people. And in the speeches, listen closely, Moses is reminding the people of Israel of the covenant and the commitment that God made with them and that they made with God. And here's why Moses is doing this. Here is why he is reminding them okay ready for this this is really important because life is about to get good you might be thinking wait a minute pastor what do you mean by that let me explain it back in the book of exodus the children of israel they found themselves in slavery they found themselves enslaved in the land of egypt they were in a hopeless and desperate situation they were powerless to change their circumstances have you ever been there Okay, anyway, they cried out to God for help. And you know what the Lord did? The Lord did what he always does when we cry out to him. He responded and he sent his servant Moses and through a series of these powerful, incredible and miraculous events, God got his people out of Israel. He freed them from the horrible bondage that they lived in. So they left Egypt and they're headed to a place known as the promised land, a place and a life that God has set aside for them, just for them. But but in between, and you need to hear this, church, in between Egypt and the Promised Land was a desert wilderness. And they spent 40 years in that wilderness. And it was a time of transition. Okay, so here's what I really want you to get from this. They weren't where they used to be, but they're not yet where they want to be. Have you ever been there? And here in Deuteronomy... Here, they're about to enter this next phase of their lives. They're about to enter this amazing land, this promised land. And verse 3 says that it's flowing with milk and honey. Now, I don't know about you, when I think milk and honey, I think of Honey Nut Cheerios for some reason. That's not what this is talking about. Let me explain to you what this phrase means, okay? Milk and honey is a reference to fertility, to crops and livestock. You see, you need fertile land to produce honey. And you need livestock, cattle and goats to produce milk. So the phrase milk and honey, what it tells us is that they are going from the desert wilderness into a prosperous place. And in in other words, life, as I said, was about to get good for them. And you know something? Let me tell you something. God knew something about the children of Israel that is still true about his people today. And that is this, that sometimes when life gets good, we forget about God. Sometimes, church, when life begins to get good, we forget about God. When things are bad, it's help me, Lord, right? And you should, and you should do that. But when life gets good, we forget about the covenants and the commitments that we've made to our Father. And that is what's happening here in Deuteronomy, okay? So, so God has Moses deliver a series of sermons, a sermon series, reminding them of where they were, of where they are, and where they are going. Amen? Okay, so that's context. And here in chapter 6, Moses says some very important things beginning with the first three verses that we just read. And what I want to do is I want to take you to verse 2 just one more time and read it for you. Look what it says. It says, You and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord your God as long as you live. If you obey all His decrees and commands, you will enjoy a long life I want to read this one more time slowly for you. Listen to this. It says, you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord. Brother, sister, let me tell you something. It starts with you. It starts with you being the parent that God created you to be. Parenting God's way starts with you. It starts with you fearing the Lord and obeying all His commands. That is a key word. It says all his commands. Church, we have a church culture today that listens to some of his commands. You see, we take the parts of the Bible that fit my life, the parts that I like, but we discard and and forget about the parts we don't like. And what happens is that we only follow some of his commands. But church, you and I are not to edit the word of God. The word of God is supposed to edit you. And that's the first point that I want to make for us today. To parent God's way, we must first obey. To parent God's way, we must first obey. Another way to think about this is to say that if you want to be a godly parent, you first need to be a godly child. If you want them to obey, then you need to model obedience for them. Listen, brother, sister, you cannot be that parent that says, do as I say and not as I do. That is not going to work. And, and it will be hard for your children to respect that. And, and if you want your children to obey, you must first obey. If you want your children to follow God, you must first follow God. Because when your words, listen to this, when your words and your actions do not match, when your words and your actions are at odds and contradicting each other, your actions will win that argument every single time in their eyes. When your words and your deeds don't align, your children will hear what you do and not what you say. To parent God's way, we must first obey. And I want to take you back to verse 2 because I feel like there's something here I want to point out for you. It says, you and your children and your grandchildren must fear the Lord. And it says, you must fear the Lord. And I want to make sure that we don't misunderstand this. This doesn't mean that you need to be afraid of god okay look when i think or when i hear of the word fear you know what i think i think of that i think of that emotion that tells me that someone or something is about to bring me harm okay i think of being terrified that's not the kind of fear that moses is talking about this is a different kind of fear and let me explain it okay let me give you a good example earlier i told you that my mom and dad are godly parents right And I can, listen, I can honestly say that my father is about the most Christ-like person that I have ever met. I have a really great dad. He loves God. He loves people. But growing up, when my mom would say the words, wait until your dad gets home. I knew what time it was. You know what I mean? I knew what that meant. Because I feared my father. I Listen, not because I thought he was going to harm me or do evil to me. No, to the contrary. I knew my dad was my protector. I knew that my dad was my provider. I knew that. It was a healthy fear. You know what it was? It was a deep respect that was rooted in one simple fact. I knew that my father loved me, and that was never in doubt. But I knew that he loved me enough to discipline me. I knew that he loved me enough to discipline me. And so I submitted to, and I recognized, and I respected his authority over me. I had a healthy fear of my father. And that's what Moses means here. That is what it means to fear the Lord. Church, to parent God's way, we must first obey, but we need to move on for the sake of time. Verses 4 to 6 say this. Listen, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord alone And you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, in all your strength. And you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I am giving you today. Now the verses that you just read are some of the most important. If not, no hyperbole, the most important verses in all of Scripture, particularly verses 4 and 5. These verses are a very important prayer in Judaism, and it's a prayer known as the Shema. Say that with me. Shema. And the Hebrew word Shema, it it means to listen. And it it makes sense because verse 4 starts with the words, listen, O Israel. But Shema means a little bit more than just listen. It means listen and respond. Look, back to when I was growing up, right? I want to talk about my mother a little bit more. I remember that when she would start a sentence with the word, listen, it meant that I needed to hear and then do whatever came after that word. Are you with me? Okay. If she started a sentence with listen, it meant that she was about to give me some instructions. It meant that she was about to give me some directions that I better follow. That is what Shema means. Think of it that way. It means listen and respond. And verse 4 says this, Listen, O Israel. And verse 5 then tells us, How we are supposed to respond, it tells us what we need to do. And church, what we need to do is love God. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. This verse is so important that Jesus Christ himself quotes it and he calls it the greatest commandment ever. Listen, in Matthew chapter 22, starting in verse 37, a lawyer came up to Jesus and he said, which is the greatest of all the commandments to which Jesus responded, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And there's another one like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Church, this is the greatest commandment. And if it is the greatest commandment, then it is the most important, Thing in life that you and I need to do. And if it's the most important, and you know what? It's also the most important thing that any parent should do. If you want to be a successful parent, then you must keep this commandment. And it brings me to point number two: to parent God's way. We must love the Lord with all we've got. We must love the Lord with all we got. To parent God's way, we must love the Lord with all our heart. With all our soul, with all our strength, and you must love Him above all else, brother, sister. If, if you want your kids to love God, then then you need to show them how it's done. They must see you do it, they not just hear you say it. And how do you show them how how do you how do you show them that you love the Lord? Here's how: by living in obedience to your Father in heaven. Listen in in John fourteen verse 15 Jesus puts it quite simple for us. He says, "If you love me, you will keep my commandments." Church, that is how we love God by keeping his commandments. But let me warn you, okay? Let me let me let me tell you something. We live in a culture, we live in a time that has managed to to dilute or to water down or even cheapen the definition of love. And here's what I mean. A lot of people Think that love is just this intense emotion that they feel. That it's some, something just that we feel. When in reality, love is something that we do. It's more than just, it's more than just a noun. It is a verb, okay? It is an action word. And can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? Your children don't just want to hear that you love them. They want to see it. They want you to show it to them. I want to share a quick story with you back. In June of 2018, Isela and I uh, were still here in New Mexico. And one day, a friend of mine, he called me in the middle of the night. And it was really early morning, but it was dark outside. And, and he had been in active addiction for some time, and, and he hit rock bottom, right, again. And, and, he, and, he, and he was reaching out for help, and he asked if I could come get him and take him to the program, to UHC, and to which I agreed. And so I drove about two or three hours to go get him. And on the drive back as he was in the passenger seat of my car, and broken, and crying, and and he cried and he cried, and the entire time he told me how much he loved his daughter. He assured me that despite all his selfish behavior, that he loved his daughter more than anything. And he told me that she knew it. So I asked him, brother, respectfully, how would she know that? In other words, What evidence does your daughter have of this love? She hasn't even seen you in months. He immediately got triggered. And you know what he did? He looked at me and he said, I would die for my daughter. And I answered, yeah, but too bad you won't live for her. In that moment, his expression completely changed. He knew exactly what I was trying to say. Friends, nobody's asking you to die for your children. I have good news Jesus Christ already did that. Someone already died for them. What children need are parents who will live for them. What they need are parents who love God and who love them in that order. If we want to parent God's way, we must love God with all we've got. And brother, sister, love your children with all you've got. Love them with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Love them the way God loves you. Let me ask you a question. Do you know how little kids spell love? Can I I tell you? This is how they spell it. T-I-M-E. I read somewhere that this is a way, this is one of the ways that children measure love. It's by how much time you spend with them. And in some ways, if you really think about it, we do that too as adults, Right? We measure love by time, by time invested, by time spent, by time given. Look, I read a post recently, and and let me read it to you. It said this, if you want your children to have fond memories of you tomorrow, you must spend quality time with them today. And I read that and I thought, that'll preach. That was for you, Pastor you want your kids to have fond memories of you tomorrow, then you need to spend quality time with them today. Don't let the day go by. Let me tell you something, church. Lost time is never, never found. Brother, sister, whatever you do, spend time with your heavenly father and then spend time with your children. Love God and love them with all you've got. Let's get uh, to verses 7 through 9. The word of God says this. Moses goes on and says, Repeat them again and again to your children, Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road, when you are going to bed and when you are getting up. Tie them to your hand and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Notice the the phrases, repeat them, talk about them, write them. What Moses is saying is teach your kids the commandments and the statutes of the Lord your God. In other words, what he's saying is, to parent God's way, teach your children God's word. And that's my final point this morning. To parent God's way, teach your children God's word. Listen, if if you want to parent God's way, you gotta teach your children God's ways. Amen? And, and parents, there's one little problem here, okay? There's a disclaimer I want to give you. There's a bit of a caveat, and it's this. You can't teach your kids what you don't know you cannot give your children what you do not have listen if you love the lord your god then you ought to get to know him a little bit better and let me tell you the best way to do that the best way to get to know god is to read his autobiography are you with me and and don't just be readers of his word but be doers Of the word as well. Remember what Jesus said in John fourteen, fifteen, he says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. But friends, it's hard to keep commandments that I don't know. It's it's in fact it's not hard, it's impossible, right? And if you don't know it, if you don't know what God's word says, then how will you ever teach it to them? The only way to be a good teacher of his word is to first be a student of his word. And, only, and the only way to show them the right path is if you first walk it yourself. Brother, sister, do you want to teach your kids the word of God? Do you want them to know the God of the universe, the, their creator? Do you want them to know the God that loves them, the Jesus that died for them? Then teach them his word. And do it intentionally. Talk about it. Read about it. Write about it. Repeat it. But most of all, church, live it. That is what Moses is telling the children of Israel to do. Mom, dad, mom and dads that are here, do you you really want what's best for your kids? Then point them to Jesus Christ and to his word. Because the Bible is the instruction manual that will help them to live a good and godly life. Look, 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, all scripture, not some, remember that, it's all scripture, is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. God has provided us with all we need to be both godly children and to be godly parents. We would be wise to use it and pass it on to our children. Now, This is really important. Does that guarantee that your kids are going to walk with the Lord if you do it? No. No, it doesn't. I I have news for you. you. You can love God and teach them his word. You can obey and pray and parent God's way. And that does not guarantee that your kids will do the same. Some of you, some of you are sitting right now, right here, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. You raise them to fear the Lord. You did your very best, and yet they are far from God and not making good choices right now. Listen, I was that kid, I told, the pastor told you, and, and I told you earlier that I have these godly parents in my life, and still I got about as far away from God as you can get for almost 20 years of my life. It happens. Whenever, you know, this happens as a pastor now, I, I get to talk and minister to parents all the time, and And whenever I get parents that find themselves in this position, right, they're aching, their heart's aching for their lost children. And whenever I, I, you know, they they blame themselves for their children's poor decisions and, and their children's bad behavior or whatever, I always remind them two things. The first is this. We all have free will, okay? God, we all have our own volition. That's one. But then I tell them something. I tell them this. I tell them that I know a really awesome father who has lots of rotten kids. Okay, and despite and despite his children's poor choices, he is still a very, very good father. Amen. So if that's you today, parent, brother, sister, if if that's you and you're praying for your kids and, and your heart is aching and breaking for them, keep praying, keep obeying, keep loving God, the Lord, your God with all you've got. And don't let the enemy shame you or guilt you with his lies. And remember, just because they're making bad choices today doesn't mean that they'll always be making bad choices. Don't forget that the Word of God does not come back void. So you teach it to your kids. So make, make sure you teach your children God's Word and God's ways. I, I want to I end with this passage in the book of Joshua. And it's found in chapter 24. It's a passage you've all heard uh, many, many times. Um, and it says this: So fear the Lord and serve Him wholeheartedly. Put away forever the idols your ancestors worshipped when you lived in the land beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. Serve the Lord alone. But if you ever but if you refuse to serve the Lord, then choose today whom you will serve. Would you prefer the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates, or will you be, or will it be the gods of the Amorites in whose land you now live? But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Listen to that. But as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. What a powerful declaration that Joshua makes. Notice that Joshua doesn't say, as for my family and I. No, he says, as for me and my family. You know why? Because it me goes first. It starts with me. Parents, it starts with you. If you want your family to follow the Lord, then it's got to start with you. Christian parents have a responsibility to make sure that what goes on in their home is God honoring. Listen closely, church. Anything that does not honor him does not belong in your home. Now, 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 now can you force your faith on your kids? No, absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that you allow things into your home that do not honor God. Brother, sister, do not compromise. And please don't make Church, please, please, I I have this conversation all the time. Don't make church optional for them. No. Would would you make school optional for your kids? Then, no, right? Would you make school optional for your kids? No. Then why would you make their Christian education an option? Make sure that they know that Sunday is the Lord's day. Make sure that, that it's clear that as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Look, we've all heard the saying, it says... You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink it. Right? You know what? It's true. You, you can't make them drink the water, but you know what else is true? That you'll never know unless you lead them to the water. Our duty is to lead our children to the water, to the living water that is Jesus Christ. And church, I want to end with this before I hand it over to Pastor Richard. The goal of parenting isn't to create perfect kids. It's to point your kids to the perfect God. It's to point them and lead them to Jesus Christ. Let's pray. God, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for, for this word, for the speech you gave Moses to give to Israel and to give to us this morning, God. We needed this. You knew we needed this, and so help us, Father. As Just now in this moment of prayer, Father, I ask that your Holy Spirit would fall upon us, Lord. And convict and move and, and do what you do, God, what you do best in Jesus' name.
3: Praise the Lord. What a powerful word. Um, what a powerful word. How can you be a godly parent if you haven't even given your life to Jesus? Some of you keep teetering, pottering, wondering, should I? Maybe, I don't know. But today, I really believe God has said some very, very specific things to us. He's calling us to step up. Step out and do it. And if you have not given your life to Jesus, and today's the day you finally want to receive him as your Savior and Lord, would you lift your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. I haven't made that decision, but today I want to do that. Is there anyone here today? Praise God. Praise God. Who else? Anyone else? Anyone else that has never given their life to Jesus and they want to do that? Praise God. If you raise your hand, I, I want you to stand so we can pray with you. If you raise your hand, stand up so we can pray with you. Anyone else? Stand up so we can pray with you. They're cheering because you made an amazing decision. Would everyone say this prayer? Say, Heavenly Father, today we realize that we need a Savior. We need a Lord. Lead us and guide us. Fill us with your Spirit so that I I don't go back to my old life, but I hold on to the new one you're giving me. In the name of Jesus Christ, I receive Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Amen. Praise God. Hey, can I give you a hug? I want to give you a hug. What a joy. What a joy, what a joy, what a joy. Look, this is one of those sermons where we're all right now at the altar. We're all at the altar. We have to make a decision. He challenged us in three ways. If we want to parent our children in a godly way, first of all, we've got to be obedient to the Lord. And then, we can't teach until we know So you got to know what you want to teach. And you got to be all in. You can't love him with part of your heart, mind, and soul, but all of your heart, mind, and soul. So if you're next to your spouse, hold your husband and wife's hand. Just say, man. Let's recommit ourselves. Even if you're walking faithful, we're going to stay committed to you, Lord. And if you've been half-stepping it, say, that's it. This is We're getting real from here on out. It's like Jaime said at the very beginning. Pastor Jaime said, some of you are surrogate parents. You're a nino or a nina, aunt or uncle, grandma, grandpa, brother, sister that has taken in your kids and you're leading them. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, right now we recommit ourselves 100% to follow you all the days of our life. As for me and my household. Like Haima said, it's not correct grammar. We're supposed to say, as for my family and me, or my family and I. But no, Lord, <laughs> we're starting with me. So as for me and my wife, me and my husband, me and my children, me and my household, me and my parents me and my grandparents, me and my siblings. God, give us a heart to reach them. Bring our children back to us, God. Bring our husband, or wife back to us, our grandma, our grandpa, that they would serve you. Father God, let us all be one. Lord, seal us right now. Seal us with your Holy Spirit to have great victory. We pray in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Stand up and finish singing this song out, and then we're going to be dismissed. Jaime, would you give it up for Jaime one more time? Isela, come up here. Is she here? I I just want to introduce you to his wife. Can you turn up the lights so people can see what's going on? Some are leaving, but this is Isela. And Jaime, they're pastors in Benton Heights, Michigan. Anything you want to say? I love you guys. Okay. He's gonna be out in the lobby. You guys can say hi to him. We're gonna have baptism service. Would you support it? Just sing you can stay and keep praising or you can join us out there, but you're dismissed.